Shibani slipped around to the pumpkin patch near the woodshed behind the house. She cupped her hands over her mouth and called like a rooster across the pond. Soon, there was an answering rooster call back from Apu. A single crow, which meant, wait, I am coming. Shibani smiled and waited. The two friends no longer saw each other as much as they used to. Both of them had two-year-olds now. Apu's daughter, Ratna, was born three days after Shibani's second son, Nitin, who was four years younger than Biren. Nitin turned out to be a colicky infant who grew into a fretful toddler. He clung to his mother's legs, stretched out his hands, and wanted to be carried all the time. He ate and slept poorly and forced Shibani to reconsider the charms of motherhood. Shibani shifted her feet. Now where was that Apu? Out of the corner of her eye, she caught a small movement in the taro patch. Shibani gave a tired sigh. It was that nosy son of hers again. Biren had lately started eavesdropping on their conversations. Apu and Shibani often discussed private matters relating to their mothers-in-law, husbands, and what went on in the bedroom. Six-year-old Biren had already picked up on the furtive nature of their conversation. How long this had been going on and how much he had overheard already, Shibani dreaded to know. But this time she was going to teach him a lesson. Apu ran out of her kitchen, wiping her hands on the end of her sari. Shibani watched her nimble figure jump over backyard scrub and race around the emerald green pond. She is still so lithe and supple, like a young sapling. Shibani thought fondly of her friend, who was a trained Bharat Natyam dancer. Apu huffed up to the fence and mopped her face with the end of her sari. I have only five minutes. Radna will wake up any minute. Quickly, tell me what. Shibani rolled her eyes in the direction of the taro patch and silently mouthed, Biren, he's listening. Then she said loudly, Have you heard the latest news about the small boy in the tamarind tree village? The one whose ears fell off? No, tell me, said Apu, suppressing a smile. He had these big, big ears and was always listening to grown-up things. Now I hear his ears have come off. Can you imagine? One day he woke up and his ears were lying on his pillow like two withered rose petals. Now he has only big holes through which bees and ants can get in and make nests in his brain. So tragic, don't you think? Apu clicked her tongue. Terrible, terrible. The poor fellow. What will happen to him, I wonder? The shuffling in the taro patch grew agitated. Apu began to feel a little sorry for Biren. Are you sure his ears fell off? she asked. I mean, fell right off? I heard they almost fell off. They had begun to come a little loose, but thank God he stopped listening to grown-up things. He had a very narrow escape, I heard. I hope so, for his sake, Shibani sighed. I would feel very sad if I was his mother. Imagine having a son with no ears and a head full of bees and ants. The taro leaves waved madly to indicate an animal scurrying away. Oof! exploded Shibani. That fellow is impossible. He listens to everything. Now I hope he will leave us in peace. I can't wait for him to start going to school. He starts next week, doesn't he? Yes, said Shibani. They had waited all this time because Shamul wanted him to go to the big school in the Tamarind tree village near the jute mill. 
It was a better school because the jute mill funded it privately. Most of the mill workers' children studied there. Thank God Biren is a quick learner. He's already far ahead in reading and math, because Shamul tutors him every night. That reminds me, did you talk to your mother-in-law about Ruby's tuition?